Daniela. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Welcome back to Paranormal. Welcome back, guys. How are you? Give them a second to answer. That's Great. shit, but we're all in the same boat. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> to- totally, totally doing so crapola right now, but <laughs> it's just those up. winter blues. <laughs> Times are tough, but we're tougher. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Um, I'm not. <laughs> no. Uh, well, we are here. For um, a hometown haunts episode, even yeah. though last week, you know, I realized we didn't do our horoscopes last week, which we should have done, but it's okay. You know what? That was just like a special edition episode for everyone. That was. That was so, a special edition episode. That was just. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, okay. So we'll just have to, we'll have to save our horoscopes for, for next time. Next time. Um, I can assume that they were probably shit. So <laughs> it wasn't a good week. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm doing okay. It's yeah, not the you're worst fine. Week I mean, me, I, I, I my week was fine up until literally like two minutes ago. Two minutes ago. So <laughs> I guess I shouldn't really complain. That's all right. All right. Well, before we get into our hometown haunts this episode, we have to make a very special shout out to our latest pat- patron, uh, Stephanie, also known um, notoriously as Happy Trout, the Cody Crane hater. Yeah. So um, we just want to say <laughs> thank you, Stephanie. Cody Crane hater, huge Marie fan. I, I yeah. love Happy Trout. <laughs> we're big Happy Trout heads, and uh, we're glad that she has become a patron. And we, um, we've already talked to Cody about this, but we're going to have Stephanie and Cody duke, duke it out on the podcast sometime soon. So calling you out mm-hmm. uh happy trout i i know you agreed to do this uh as well so we're just gonna have to set a date time and location and <laughs> uh how about after school at the flagpole <laughs> exactly exactly um it would be really a christmas miracle if you could uh both just come together and and talk your differences out um <laughs> But anyway, I I just wanted to, we needed to make that, that shout out. And uh, again, thank you for uh, your patronship. And -hmm. if you are interested in becoming a patron, uh, we still have uh, tiers. We we redid some of our tiers. We also have been um, releasing um, unreleased content on their additional content, bonus content. So that is something that our patrons will get a lot more of this year. And um, we have some other exciting stuff going on with uh, with content, but that'll be announced in the new year. So anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, patrons, yeah, hook it up. Yeah. Uh, also, I wanted to talk about our newest sponsor. So we mm-hmm. have a new sponsor called Magic Mind. And it reminded me of, you know, the movie Limitless where Bradley Cooper can like get everything done in a day and they still have energy to do more. So yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah, exactly. All natural. It's exactly well, thank like God. that. But it's all natural ingredients. So it's got matcha in it. So you don't have mm-hmm. to drink as much caffeine in the day. And you don't get the caffeine crash that I usually get at like 3 p.m. Yeah. And it has L-theanine in it, which my husband takes. Um, so I was excited to see that it was in the juice because it helps reduce stress and anxiety. So it's Honestly, it's like nature's extended release version of caffeine. There's a ton of 
natural ingredients that help improve your attention span and it helps reduce fatigue and enhance mental clarity. It also reduces inflammation to strengthen your immune system and overall health and wellness. Absolutely. Um, But personally, the reason I love Magic Mind is because it's super quick and easy to take. Um, I don't really love adding more things to my routine in the morning. Uh, I already have like eight pills that I need to take. So, um, so being able to just like quickly take a little, little juice, uh, it's like the cutest little container. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you can literally take it wherever, wherever you, you want and just throw it in your bag and go, I work from home. So it's literally something I just pull out of the fridge when I take my probiotics in the morning. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're like me, who is doing my best to concentrate at work or on the podcast, I'm not always 100% focused and getting everything done as quickly and as efficiently as I'd like. And after a week of taking Magic Mind, it has significantly improved my ability to focus and get things done without even thinking or trying, which is ideal because I don't want to have to, um, like, I don't want to notice myself right. getting that, like, focus because I've taken things that have helped me to do those things and it's an uncomfortable feeling. And this is like a great way to do it without actually feeling like you're like changing your mood or anything like that, you know? Totally. Yeah. I totally get that. And you're, you're right. There are these cute, tiny little bottles, the art that they have on them, like their label was so adorable, super Mm -hmm. cute. You just take them with you anywhere you go. Cause they're so, they're so tiny. It's just like a little shot or like a shot and a half. They're cute little bottles. You just throw them in your bag and you can go. Yeah. And they don't have like a strong taste. Like they're just easy to drink. Mm -hmm. Um, They, yeah. When you look at like a, they're, they're green, but like they don't taste like a green juice, like that heavy green juice taste, um, which is ideal because I actually, um, my partner's mom tried to make me a green juice once and like made me like a liter of this green juice and it just tasted like pure grass. Um, And I was scared when I saw this green juice, I was having like PTSD from the taste of that juice. It tastes nothing like that. It's really easy to drink. I know uh, one of our friends took like all of them in one sitting because they actually really, really like them. Oh, there (laughs) you go. um, Another great thing is that my doctor had told me that I needed to cut out caffeine for my diet in order to get a better sleep. And, um, but I was like, how am I going to function in the morning without coffee and magic mind not only is an alternative to coffee, it actually helps me sleep better. So, um, I've shared it with friends, with my partner, because he kept asking me what the heck this little green drink was. And he also loves it too, because he has to get up at 4am every day for work. Uh, it is a game changer. And if you're not drinking it, you're missing out. So luckily we've got a sweet discount code so that you can try some yourself. Yeah. So you just have to go to www.magicmind.co forward slash para, P-A-R-A, and you can get 40% off your subscription for the next 10 days with the code para20, so P-A-R-A 20, or 20% off a one-time purchase offer. So stop procrastinating and make your mind magical with Magic Mind. And speaking of magic, let's get into our paranormal stories today. 
So this one is on the True Ghost Stories Reddit from Norman R.B. And it's called A Story I Remember from My Childhood. I remember hearing this story like it was earlier today, but in fact, it was years ago when I was a preteen kid. An older kid, we'll call him Calvin, who rode the bus to school with us, had drowned while fishing near a dam as the undercurrent drug him under the water. His body was found later. Anyway, the story was that shortly before he drowned, his mother experienced something a few nights prior. She had seen an image of a being at the foot of his bed one night as he slept. As she went to speak, the image turned towards her and said, shh, at her. She -hmm. later told her husband, who dismissed it as nothing more than seeing things. After Calvin died, she again told her husband the story. At that moment, she realized who the image was. It was her brother, Calvin's uncle, who had drowned a few years prior. He often took Calvin fishing when he was a young kid. Mm. So that's one. Then he wanted to add another story to this Reddit post. Okay. I'll add another more recent story. My brother and his wife live near a cemetery and have shown me videos from their phones of where these small floating lights will flow through their house while they sit and watch TV in the evenings. They believe that it's children from the cemetery who come to play with their granddaughter whenever she visits. The way they usually notice the floating lights will be that their dogs will start staring off at a random corner or direction in the house and they'll either start growling or barking. It's happened about a dozen or so times and they've caught it on their phone a few times. So they have video of it, this person saying. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Norman RB. Crazy crazy girl. Crazy girl. You're crazy. Crazy girl. Okay. Um... (laughs) mine i haven't read mine to myself i've only read the intro so i don't have any idea what the end is gonna be by the way okay Okay. so it's by my darling darkness in the paranormal section and it's titled the fake haunted house i work at is actually haunted oh (laughs) for 12 years i've worked as an actor for a local haunted house attraction it's a lot of fun as I get to play a variety of horror, horror characters and act out different scenes. While the tours we put on are clearly fake, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that isn't. I should start off by explaining that the building we do this out of is extremely old and was once an elementary school. We gutted the section of the building that was classrooms and constructed it to what we needed. This is when we actually started having weird experiences. There's plenty of activity that that can be shrugged off, such as feeling watched and hearing footsteps running in areas that no one is in, then there are things that are not so easily disregarded. Such as one evening, a member was working on hooking up our sound system by himself. He had not even hooked the large speakers up yet when he stated a loud, deep growl came booming through them. Oh my god. This terrified him so much he ran out of the building and would not go back to even lock up until another member came down to go in with him. He never worked alone in the building again. Another activity seemed playful and childlike, such as hearing small giggles and whispering in the halls and in the rooms that are empty, things being moved from where we last placed them. One year, I was in a rocking chair that I would jump out of as a group came through. The thing about the rocking chair is it is more like a glider, and it was broken. 
I would have to use a lot of force to get the chair to rock backwards at all. It was right before showtime. I was sitting in this broken chair, getting mentally pumped for the night ahead. I was completely alone when I felt someone grab onto the back of the chair and harshly pull it backwards. Oh my God. I felt myself flying backwards with the chair, and I honestly thought I would flip out of it. Thankfully, this is this did not happen, and as soon as I stabled myself, I jerked to see who had done this. The room I was in was large, and no one could get out of this room without me seeing them running away in the split second it took me to look behind me. There was absolutely no one there, and I was suddenly covered in goosebumps. No one was even in the area around my room at the time. Later that same night, the lights were off. Um, my stove, I don't know what that is, was on. Maybe in a group stove. My, my stove was on in the act, like he's acting in a. I You're don't right. Know. You're I right. I don't think so. You're right. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he meant robe. My robe was on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he means. There's got maybe there's some acting term maybe, for that. Maybe maybe it reveals itself in a minute. Let's get my <laughs> my stove was on and a group had just left my room when I noticed a small figure in the far right corner of the room. It looked like a small child crouching down looking my way. Ew. And I was immediately <laughs> worried that a child had been left behind from the previous group. As I headed towards the figure to ask if they were okay, the strobe flashed and the figure was completely gone. Okay, so it was a strobe light was on. His strobe was on. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So the figure was completely gone. Right. This same year but different night, I was again sitting in my chair waiting for the next group when someone or something growled right into my ear no thank you it was so loud that it caused my ear to ring and when i turned to see what it what was there nothing but an empty room i changed rooms the next year and did not experience as much creepy phenomenon there's not much history i've been able to find out about the building but i'm so curious as to what could be causing all the weirdness This is only a teeny bit of what has been experienced over the last few years working there, and I don't feel it will be stopping anytime soon. That just reminded me of this one time our friend Aaron went to a haunted house. Like, they went to the Canada's Wonderland Fright Nights. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I refuse to go to them because I'm too scared. Oh, I love them. They were in a haunted house, and there was a little girl that got, like, I guess separated from her mom, and she's crying. Oh, shit. Crying, being like, I can't find my mom and Mm -hmm. she's upset so like Aaron like kneels down to her and she's like we can help you find your mom and it was a fucking actor who then whipped around and was like all possessed looking and was like (laughs) I would have shit my pants I would have shit my pants I would have probably punched that person a thousand percent like my fight or flight would have just Gone right into fight right there. <laughs> Say it again. Oh man, yeah, that's scary as fuck. That's why I don't go oh, to those man. things for for their safety. I don't go to those for things. their own safety. <laughs> um, okay, this one is called "This Is One Hundred Percent True." Uh, mm-hmm. It's by Lucky Reputation. 
About 12 years ago, I was doing a job as a self-employed plasterer in Ashington, Northumberland, England. I was working in my hometown. Uh, The house was a decent size and I was there a while. They bought the two houses next door to each other. It was a semi and they were making it into one big house. Living in the house was the dad, the mom, and a daughter. But they wrote ma'am, which made me laugh. Uh, (laughs) The mom said to me that she was going out, but if Emma came back home, that I could just tell her that the mom was at the shop and then going for gas and wouldn't be long. No problem. So I'm working on the stairs. I go down to the bottom of the stairs and to go into the kitchen to get new water in my bucket. So I was downstairs for two minutes at the most. I went back upstairs and I could hear someone crying. I could tell that it was a girl. Now, with the house originally being two houses being made into one house, there were four doors into the house, two front doors and two back doors. Also, two staircases linking it into one big staircase. So I thought Emma had come home through a door at the back and up the other staircase and into her room while I was downstairs. Then I heard more crying and I heard plain as day, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Then I heard a muffle and then it was all quiet. Anyway, the mom came back and asked if Emma was home. I was saying that she was and sounded upset. But then her mobile rang and it was Emma phoning her mom to see if she could pick her up from her friend's house. She wasn't in the house after all. The mom asked which room I heard the crying and the voice and the muffle, and when I told her, her face went white. Turns out the lady from the house had hung herself in that room only two years prior. She left behind a young daughter. Oh, no. Yeah. That's that's spooky. I know. Oh, shit. Yeah, girl. All right. (laughs) Mom, okay. So um, another one that I only read the title of, so we'll see how it goes. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> by Dino Ricky. A reason why dying people see a group of kids instead of a family before dying? Question mark. It was a question. So this is. Okay. A, but they're telling a experience. A story. Okay. Story. Yeah. A bit of a spooky story here. My grandfather is on hospice from cancer in his lungs, and during his period of delirium, he started seeing two boys. He described them as small but one not as little as the other, wearing jeans. Since he was in delirium, I didn't think much of it, as it was probably a hallucination and they were upsetting him, since he said they were going into his stuff, didn't know who they belonged to, and one boy ate chili and began crying. Okay. I looked into the paranormal side of things and was under the impression visitors are just that, visiting. They don't tend to bother or torment the one that they are visiting. Right. These boys who would bug him getting into his stuff and were not tormentors, but they were upsetting him. So I told the boys to please go back to where they came from since they were upsetting him. I asked him if they had names and he said the boys would not answer him or really respond to him and would hide around when I was around him. Again, I thought it was just a hallucination. Sure. Another night passes and suddenly there is a little girl. Same thing, he doesn't know who she is or where she came from or who she belongs to. It bothers him because it's some strange child visiting him that he doesn't recognize. Right. 
and he wants to know who the parents are. Oh, come get with, your kids. <laughs> with little girl, he would make faces at her, playful faces trying to entertain her, Aww. but he never gave an age range of the little girl. Okay. I do know he and his late wife, she died 17 years prior, had two babies, male and female, that died mm. shortly after death back in the 50s. Oh, no. Part of me thinks this little girl could be his late daughter visiting. Some okay. nights pass, and suddenly there are children, about four boys, three girls. Whoa, okay. He recognizes none of them and wonders who let all the kids in. Oh, my God. This they poor can, man. You know, <laughs> they continue to, for a lack of better term, hang around him until he slips out of consciousness. Okay. Then when he regains consciousness, they are still around, looking in his dresser. Oh, my God. And he is upset because he does not know who these children belong. Oh my god! <laughs> this too. is so funny. He's just, this is actually really sad. Yeah, I feel bad. This will be us one day, though. Like it's fine. <laughs> just, oh my god! <laughs> I brush it off as delirium, and as a week passes, his condition is in the state of he started his death rattle, oh, okay. and so his younger sister and niece come to visit him. Okay. It is emotional, but they came in the late afternoon and the hospice nurse was going to come by and check on his health. So his sister and niece went to visit his, his younger brother, who was in a nursing home, not dying, but he had his legs removed. Okay. They visit him, hours pass, then they return back to see him again before they head back to their homes. His niece tells his daughter something interesting his brother said during their visit. Oh my God. The brother was upset and irritated, thinking that my grandfather had died or he was going insane. Okay. He had told his sister and niece that he swore for the life of him he had heard on a previous day, no specific day was given, Yeah. heard his brother, the grandfather, calling out to him, which freaked him out. Okay. Even more so, my grandpa was with a group of children, all laughing and playing. Shut up. This made him wonder if he was going insane because he didn't know any of the kids. Didn't Shut recognize up. the voices or understand why his brother would be with a group of children. Oh my gosh. And he wondered if he had died. My aunt told him that no, he was still alive, which put his mind at rest. But when they left him, he was still upset, thinking he might be going insane. Of course. Yeah. His daughter called me over um, and told me to tell them about the kids. I didn't know yet what my grandpa's brother said to them, so I told them and how he was seeing the kids. Two yeah. at first, then more, eventually the little group of children. Yeah. They told me what his brother said, and it sent a shiver up my spine. Oh, my God. There was no way my aunt knew about the kids until I told her. And likewise, there is no way his brother would have known since he's literally in a different nursing home and has strict visitation rules. Right. His niece believes he is transitioning from this world into the next. That makes sense. And was checking in on his brother at, at, as he's transitioning. Like basically, right. even though he's not dead yet, he's yeah. been able to go in and out. Right. His sister, whom is also his younger sister, said that my grandpa had done this in his entire life. 
He was always the protective good big brother watching out for his little siblings and believes he might have somehow visited his brother to check on him since my grandfather could no longer call him on the telephone. Wow. I've never heard of groups of kids visiting someone who is dying, and this experience is a bit spooky to me, and I thought I would share it. It's just so weird to me because his brother experienced the same thing, and his brother is not dying, and was so confused and upset by hearing my grandpa call out to him and seeing him with this group of kids. Yet my grandfather was not dead when this happened. I'm curious to find out if um, there's any reason why this might happen. Not finding much information, but figured I would share this story here. Did anyone respond to it? There is a few and it just (laughs) says, this is so interesting. I also always wondered this when my uncle was in ICU in the last few days, he asked for the entire family to visit. When I visited, he said, there's so many kids. Why are there all all these kids running around? Oh my gosh. Uh, This other person said, my father was in the hospital in the ICU a few years back, but he did not die. Um... But he got delirium, too, from hospitalization and was always complaining about the kids playing in the room. Shut up. How they woke him up every night with the noise. One night, he said he had his deceased mother come visit him to tell him she will take care of him. And they got the better of that. And he got out of the ICU. Oh, my God. So maybe the kids are an indication of passing, like going to the other side. But in this case, it didn't happen. Yeah, maybe. Crazy. Yeah. There's a lot of people now saying that they've experienced little kids around them before wow. they've died. There's like hundreds of comments here. Holy moly, jumping cannolis. Yeah. Well, then it's obviously a thing. It must be. Jeez. Um, I've got one more for you guys if you want it. Okay, let's do it. Okay. This one is called Little House in Creston, Iowa. Okay. And it's from that one for Reddit. When I was younger, I'm talking from the ages of zero to six, my family and I lived in this house in Creston, Iowa. I'll never forget the place. It has it was two stories, the attic was technically three bedrooms, and mine was the one up the stairs. Go up the stairs through my brother's bedroom and hang a left through my parents' room and to the back. Picture a bedroom with slanted walls and two windows in the back, and that was my room. A bedroom through a bedroom to a bedroom. <laughs> The layout of this place made zero sense. It also had a basement that, from my very vague memory, never stopped flooding. Not sure what that has to do with the story, but I'd like to know what happened to this place. <laughs> remember, who built this fucking foundation? I don't know who the fuck built this house. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a little road that if you followed it around the back, you'd go under this tunnel bridge that supported trains. If you'd look out the side window from the kitchen, you can see the public baseball fields. I'm 32 now. My brother's 29 and we still have dreams about this nightmare for children. Every night when I would go to sleep, I would see these glowing eyes in my windows. Mm -mm. This happened to me once. No. Red eyes. When in the bathroom, like I went to use the bathroom at my parents' house and I saw two red eyes in the bathroom window and I fucking ran to my mom's room and was like telling her and she was just like, you're dreaming. I was like, I'm not dreaming. It really happened. So anyway, um, two sets of them on occasion, like it brought its freaking buddy up to come peep on this five-year-old in the second story window. I would tell my mom all the time. To this day, she thinks I made it up. She gave me the typical mom response and told me to stand up to my fears. And I did. Once. 
That night, I yelled, go away, and the body that the eyes were attached to started to frantically try to open the window. I had them locked, of course. I wouldn't go to bed without them locked. Oh, my God. As soon as the growling and rattling started, I gunned it to my brother's room and the little guy is floating out of his crib. I go to my mom's bed while having one of those throat dry, can't scream moments trying to push her awake. My father comes walking up the stairs and my brother falls back into his crib. My dad hears him screaming and me standing there crying and reaching for him and he puts us both back to sleep. I did not sleep. About a week went by and that I didn't sleep, and my mom invited my grandparents to stay the night. My grandpa was apparently the only thing that could calm me down. That old geezer made me feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> On the third night of his stay, the eyes were back, so I went downstairs to snuggle up to my grandpa while he was sleeping on the couch. When I rounded the corner, I could see something black floating up through his stomach and up through the ceiling. He was gasping for air and begging something above his head to make it stop. Oh, my God. I was so freaked out, I froze. The next morning, I asked him about it. He said an angel was patting his head, telling him it was going to be okay and that it was almost over. My brother what? was three and I was five. My grandparents are all past now. And there is no way we should still be seeing this shit in our sleep by the time we're 30. So they're still having dreams about it. Jesus. I want to know if that place is still standing and if anything has happened to anyone else who stayed there. I'd just like to know that it wasn't just us. The street address is 231 Chestnut Street in Creston, Iowa. And then somebody commented, it appears that the house has been abandoned. No. And then someone wrote, I live in that town now. So then they, the author responded, check it out or don't. It doesn't matter. Or maybe the place accidentally catches fire while you're there and I get photo updates. And they go, just so you know, we drove by there and there's no longer a house at that address. It's been demolished. And then the author wrote, good. Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That was a wild one. I know. Glowing eyes kids Boy, levitating man. that's that's some shit a black thing coming out of your grandpa's stomach what yeah and what's almost over like what are you talking about freaky deaky i don't know i'm not an angel <laughs> <laughs> i'm a mere well, mortal <laughs> well apparently i'm an earth angel so. i was just gonna say that you tell me earth angel i should know i should know um, sound more, more like a demon, to be honest. Yeah, truthfully, obviously. Like yeah, obviously. Like a hell, Was almost. not an angel. Yeah. No, no. That angel there, lost there. its wings. It's almost over. For sure. No thanks. Yeah. But no thank you. Anyway. Anyway. That's your hometown haunts. That is. And, uh, you know, until next time, if you weren't spooked, well, you just go stay spooky. Because <laughs> that's showbiz, baby. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 